Hello, good morning, good evening, and uh, good afternoon, if that's you. Uh, this is Torsten Kipton, your guest host uh, here with Philip and Tony. You might remember that last episode we talked about Tony, my man who uh, hooked us up with some coffee samples, and we went through those with you. Um, Philip is obviously your main host here on the Specialty Coffee Talk channel, and today we're just going to be talking the uh, conversation of coffee, which is kind of going to tie into uh, the beans that we're, we're ingesting in the most tasteful way possible. Uh, so pour yourself a cup, smile and uh, enjoy the conversation because it's always high-quality coffee in a low-quality way here on Specialty Coffee Talk. All right, so back again. Uh, I'm going to kind of hand this one over to Philip because I know you get sick of my voice, and that's not what you came here for. So it's going to be kind of become uh, between Philip and Tony. I'll chime in uh, unbidden, as usual. And uh, so, Philip, uh, why don't you... Why don't you start feeling some questions this way? All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, Tony, it's really good to have you here. Thanks. Um, me. Yeah, it's super good to have you here. So can you tell us uh, who you are, what you do, how you got into coffee? Hopefully that's not too much. Anyways, uh, my name's Tony, uh, Tony Boswell. I've been in coffee for, man, going on about 15, about 15 years. Uh, my first job was in coffee, working, wearing that green apron for a long time working for Starbucks. I worked there for about six years. Um, kind of went, went to a cupping at Clatch after about six years there and they really opened my eyes to the potential of coffee and what I was, I remember the first time I tasted tomato and coffee and I was like, oh, oh, this is, this is a good thing. This is amazing and it totally blew me away. And um, after that, I started pursuing actually, you know, high quality specialty coffee really you know diving into all the third wave stuff um i went from there i worked for augie's for a while um during their transition they, they they're just mind-blowing now um i went and worked for stell coffee for a while um i did some consulting along the way uh kind of stepped out of coffee for a while kind of you know decided to get one of those quote-unquote uh real jobs and uh, that was lame. So I got back into coffee, and now I've been, you know, started working for Clatch recently. I'm a wholesale accounts manager, kind of representing anywhere I can get to, trying to get people to serve good coffee, and I'm, I'm pumped on it. It's glad, glad to be back, man. It's, uh, it, feel, it feels good. It feels good to be back in coffee. Yeah, between the three of us here at the table, uh, here in downtown Redlands, where it's like hipster and hippie central, uh, between the three of us, there's one of us with a quote-unquote real job. The rest of us have things that we love to do. <laughs> so so uh, take that, science. I don't know. Well, uh, I mean, in the defense, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for a real job. I met you through having my real job. That's true. Yeah, we, so. we met uh, Business Networking. Yeah, you were yeah. working for a company that cleans up big messes. Like yeah, uh, yeah. one might say Starbucks is a big mess. And so it cleaned up that. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, they're, they're cleaning up. They're doing good. They're doing their thing. You know, they have their place in the culture. Huge. They're, it's not even what I would call a niche. They've carved out the majority of uh, taste buds as far as far as the U.S. marketing coffee. So uh, how how you got into coffee is kind of uh, cool. You you started at Starbucks. You were tasting. Saw the light. <laughs> he was, yeah, the the light at the end of the dark tunnel. Let's. 
Dark here is an analogy for roasting. I am a man who likes to roast bad coffee. Uh, and not in a way that it goes into bow tie. I just like to criticize because that's, that's part of the fun, right? It is, it is, exactly. We wouldn't appreciate the good stuff if we're going to have the crap. Ooh, there's... So there will always be a place for Starbucks. <laughs> Contrast. So, uh, yeah, uh, I actually got into uh, coffee. You know, no one can escape encountering coffee, not in this country. If you don't know, coffee is the second most traded commodity on the planet, on the, on the blue marble we live on. The, the first one is oil. So the thing that makes machines run and uh, lets you get things, that's the first one. The very next is the one that people run on, Absolutely. the other black fuel. Absolutely. Um, and so we are part, it does have lots of oils. Yep. Philip has a point. So uh, we are part of the self-sustaining industry we are making the fuel that fuels us. And hopefully it fuels your ears and the rest of this conversation. So uh, join us for the next segment. We're going to keep talking about the conversation around coffee. Okay, so uh, we're back on the conversation around coffee. We talked last time about kind of the first foray, the first uh, pour over. Uh, how we got poured into coffee. Now we're going to talk about what makes us passionate about it. Uh, Tony comes from a place of the conversation of coffee. That's why we all met here today. We enjoyed our own three distinctly different drinks. And uh, that the, the variety and the excitement of coffee is like, a, it's an ongoing conversation. Things are changing and there's a lot to be discovered. So why don't you t why don't you tell us, Tony, about um, what what makes you so interested in coffee? That you're you're in it for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, 15 years. Uh, Thinking of making a career out of this, maybe. Yeah, just about. I mean, like I said, I said away for a little bit, um, but 15 years, I would say, off and on, with maybe about maybe a good maybe a good year off, completely away from it. But I've always been involved in it somehow. You know, it's part of my daily routine. This is where I, I you know I come to the coffee shop. I that's where I see all my friends. I, I live in a small community. I live in, you know, downtown Redlands, so yeah, I can walk down to, you know, one of a few coffee shops and grab a cup of coffee and say hi to all my friends all day. It's like, it's such a crucial part of my daily life. It's insane. Um, so why not keep on, why not help aid that for other people? Why not push good coffee on other people? I think it's the way to go, you know. That that's a great point introducing your friends to things that you like and you know are higher quality than they've encountered before it's exciting it's like mm -hmm. uh you know you've you've all had your favorite movie favorite book and you had to share it with people you know put it on their to read list their to watch list uh invite people to like to see the movie a second time yep. uh, even though you've seen it in theaters that's the kind of stuff that we're doing here but our theater is one of the palette absolutely yeah it's it's showing people you said showing them the light you know, a lot of people get started with coffee with their um, their caramel macchiatos and their, and then you realize, oh, there's a little more, something a little more complex about this. It's just like anything, showing them the potential of what they're what they're tasting is it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, getting watching people get excited about coffee when they first get into it is when they become like hobbyists, and all of a sudden 
you see on their you know Instagram story like oh they they bought a V60 okay cool oh, oh look at they, they got a proper kettle look at them all right cool and, they, and they're pumped on it and it's fun watching people be excited about something as simple as a drink that you know I definitely couldn't have a day without so when you're when you're uh, getting into you know V60ville and and making it yourself, obviously uh, it kind of turns a page where now you're tasting the distinct differences between every time that you brew it, mm -hmm. and uh, things are starting to change. I think I think Philip had uh, something to add to the conversation as well. Here's Philip Co. What do you think um, as far as like? What's unique about coffee that makes it such an exciting thing for you to share with somebody else? Well, I mean, coffee first and foremost has its functionality, right? A lot of us, we're, we're getting caffeinated, we're waking up. So there's that aspect of it. That's kind of important. People are gonna drink it anyways, I think. So why not drink the good stuff? Why not, why not drink something that is gonna be more than just wake you up? It's gonna get you excited because, because of what you're tasting. It's, it's the difference between, you know, having a carnation instant breakfast and having a full meal. It's, it's there. Yeah, uh, it's it's important, and like I said, the the variety of coffee out there it's different every single time, pretty much. Um, looking forward to the next the next cup is always good, and I, it it stays it stays changing, right. while also still maintaining the backbone of being coffee. That's what's really important. I think that's what excites me about coffee is that it's this experience that you get to have consistently and trying something new is really fun Absolutely. trying something new something that changes and something that's consistently delicious and fun and enjoyable and it's new but there's still ritual right yeah you know i i, I don't know we were talking about how we brew at home you know i i love especially my sunday mornings i'm on a rush i love setting up my chemex you know grinding my coffee you know i love that that time it takes, you know, um, the process, uh, you know, me and my partner at home, I share it with her, you know, I, seeing her response to what we just did, you know, like it's awesome. It, it's the ritual is still good, even though it is something new every time, like we said, but it, it's there's something cathartic about the ritual, right? That's awesome. So there's, there's those, those specific aspects that are really exciting about coffee. Um, what are like some more of like the technical things that happen when you're pouring coffee, like that people get excited about when you're first getting into it? That's always really fun for me. Well, I, as I said, I think people don't appreciate, they don't understand everything that's going on when it comes to getting that cup to you. Um, it's not just putting hot water over coffee grounds. It's a little more than that. You know, we talk about the Chemex. Um, when you the process of just starting off with the bloom, that that 35, 45 seconds you're taking to just kind of, like, I guess, you know, cleanse the coffee, get the gases out of it, you know, let it do its thing. That part's so important. And watching somebody who doesn't know anything about it understand the process, watching the light bulb go off, it's like, oh, this is kind of beautiful. This is like an art form. This is... It, why don't you explain to us basically the process of the bloom since we're, we're kind of starting out here. We're blooming ourselves. Oh, okay. Well, you know, like when, when you start a pour-over method, um, one of the process, the, the whole goal of doing a pour-over, right, is doing a consistent, even extraction throughout the beans, throughout, throughout the grounds. Um, one of the ways we do that is 
the bloom, which is basically the process where you have your filter, you have your ground coffee in it, and you're basically just wetting the coffee. When you're wetting the coffee, you're, it, it, you have to let it sit for a second to kind of achieve like an equilibrium of water to coffee grounds, right? So it's all wet, and kind of, it does, literally, you watch it bloom, you watch it kind of puff up. It's and, almost like it, it's almost like it activates yeah, at that point. It's like, a rising, it's like a rising dough. And what's happening is releasing gases, and those gases being released, you know, makes for a more even extraction, more even pour. And it's a very important part that is often not thought about because, as we mentioned before, it, that happens in any automatic batch brewer, any like, you know, Fedco, whatever, that you're going to see in a good shop. It's doing a bloom in there. You just don't see it. It's just not, it's so unappreciated. Uh, you just get your coffee, you don't realize all the steps that are actually happening in there. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a really important part of the process. It's putting a baseline down to go everything else over. You know, it, it's pretty important. That was one of the things that um, was we got, me and my brother, we got a, uh, a bun coffee brewer from a friend. They just had an old one, right? It's, it's this kind of an industry kind of a thing that you'd see in a diner. And so we took that thing and we cleaned it up. And then we put our specialty coffee through it, and it came out, and it actually tasted good. Yeah. And I was amazed. Yeah, because you don't see all this stuff happening in there. You know, it's like it's not just pouring hot water over. It's steps. It's bursts. It's uh, the temperatures regulated. It's it's really important. You know, um, not just like you said. It's it's the motions. It's the art. Um, if we talk, you know, any any art form is going to be a process. It's not just going to be. Uh, a shot in the dark. It, it, there's, there's steps to it to get it correct. You know, what's funny to me is I'm actually uh, not making coffee yet, but one of the nerdiest things happened where the water used to brew coffee is what kind of started starts to make me really interested in it. How, how silly is that? It's like, just so you guys know, you can't use... It's not ideal to use tap water a lot of the time. If you're using my tap water, it can taste like uh, well water because it is well water and it's gonna taste like a well. So your coffee is gonna taste earthy always. Uh, no, nor should you use distilled water that's too purified. It doesn't have any minerals at all. So it's actually got that unnatural distilled taste. So there's something in between where, where it's called brewing water. Uh, that's the scientific technical uh, master class term um, where they use, start with distilled water that doesn't have plastics dissolved in it like your ordinary bottled water does. If you're wondering what that bottled water taste is, it's the bottle. Uh, especially if it's left in your car. Um, but this, the idea of like the tiny technical stuff like the water you start with, where it can be distilled and then you add just the right amount of salts and minerals to make it the perfect blank canvas to extract your coffee. If you think about it, coffee is more than 99% water. So uh, the brown bit's what we want to taste and we don't want anything to get in the way, right? So, uh, I don't know. That's, the, that's my nerdy bloom moment. I might get uh, invest in the hundreds of dollars of equipment that my friends already own, but uh, we'll see about that in the next segment. Water and ice. <laughs> conversation uh has kind of uh veered this direction and we're we're flowing with it that's what that's what conversation is it's what nerdy people do that's right we're just talking about uh the water and the ice that you brew with uh if you don't know ice is a simple 
recipe. You freeze water. Um, but that, that's part of the drink as well. So uh, we're talking about different waters and different ways of brewing. What, what do you... <clears throat> So what were you kind of talking about, Tony, about uh, ice and, like, the quality of water and, and uh, brewing it all and just, like, you were giving me an analogy for that. Well, we were talking about um, just water and water filtration in general and how filtration has become a conversation over the past few years in coffee because it is, at the end of the day, coffee is simple. At the end of the day, coffee is water, coffee grounds, that's it, right? So... If your ingredients are lower quality, and there's only two ingredients, you got to make sure they're both good, right? So you got you, you got to have good, properly treated water to have the best product. You can take the same beans, same steps of brewing, with higher and lower quality. There's literally more noises right now than it could possibly ever happen. A helicopter, a motorcycle. This is this is the real world we're in. People yeah. people ride their Harleys. <laughs> at max volume going five miles an hour mind you so he'll be in he'll be a, down the volume on your harley man. it's like <laughs> hey helicopter guy and harley guy we're talking about water over here yeah. thank you very we're much we're talking about coffee water excuse me sir yeah. please so yeah but th those are very important things if they're only two ingredients they, got, they both got to be good you know um and that's the conversation going on throughout throughout the, the industry not only in coffee but in cocktails ice is a big thing because ice melts ice becomes is an ingredient it will it will affect these things, and we all know we've all had, we've all had bad ice. I think we've all had ice in the fr the freezer. It's just like weird oniony taste. What's with that? You might have an onion in your freezer. <laughs> I don't know though. Dude, for, the, on <laughs> the onion goblin is ruining my ice. It's true. Is what is happening? Uh, and it's just, it's simple, simple, as simple as that. You know, it's it's a huge ingredient. Got to make sure it's good. Let's talk about overcomplicating coffee, because that's what I'm into. Uh, I've pitched to the uh, the bowtie guys things like throwing spices in, baking spices specifically, things like cinnamon or uh, nutmeg or allspice. I'm a nutmeg fan. I'm a nutmeg nut, you could say, and you know things like throwing that in to the cold brew. I've done little experiments with already made cold brew, throwing in some spices just into like my individual bottle and letting that steep overnight. And I thought it was pretty good, but a lot of the time, those flavors don't come out until you sweeten it a little, be it with uh, the sugars and milk or other things. But regardless, overcomplicating coffee. Uh, ice could be potentially frozen anything. If you're a smoothie master, you might be sm freezing smoothie and using that as your ice, pro tip. So why couldn't we be doing that with coffee? We Potentially, you could freeze coffee and use that as your ice or freeze flavored coffee. And for me, what's fun about that is the idea that the flavor of your coffee could change not just from dilution, but it potentially could be more concentrated at the end of your drink than it was at the start because you might have more concentrated coffee frozen. So I don't know, do you have any thoughts on uh, methods like that? Well, for starters, overcomplicating coffee is a really easy thing to do. I think it happens a lot, but I think that what we talked about earlier, um, at the end of the day is, does it taste good? Yeah. That's kind of all that matters. Uh, I mean, it's tradition in old school coffee in the South to put chicory in your coffee when you're brewing it. Ooh, what's uh, that? 
Chicory is, is just it's like a it's like a spice. It's like an, almost like an allspice. Um, it's a tradition that, that you know they did it in the South forever with very basic coffee. And you know what? If you like that, it makes you happy. Go for it. I hear my ancestors, the Irish, have a specific way of enjoying coffee. Not that I would know. Oh, actually, that is one of my favorite ways of enjoying coffee. Uh, I used to bartend uh, while also working at a cafe, and I would bring um, some cold brew with me and, yeah, shake that up with a little Jameson, and it's uh, pretty delicious. I've heard, you know, I definitely confirmed that one. I won't lie on that one. So uh, let's talk about like coffees that have shaped the way you look at coffee, what, the way you taste it. Maybe um, what 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 is something that maybe you could point to that kind of changed changed the game for you? Well, I don't know if I can tell you the exact coffee, but I can tell you the moments. So back when I was working for Starbucks, wearing the green apron, I I was I got what was considered the the coffee master, the black apron. You know, I thought I just knew everything. Um, a good friend of mine who was working with Clatch, who I work for now, took me to a cupping. And we had a cupping, I think we tried 10 coffees that night. And it was just a whirlwind of the most beautiful flavors. I remember tasting this geisha that tasted like strawberry jam for the first time. Like straight strawberry. And it just blew my mind. That same night I had something that tasted like sun-dried tomatoes and it just... I, it, I was changed after that. It was absolutely changed after that. Scrub question here. Uh, could, you, could you tell us what cupping is and how that works? Cupping is a very simple process, a way of brewing coffee, actually. Um, basically, a coarsely ground coffee is, um, is put in a small cup with hot water, and it's just steeped. Um, it forms a crust on top of the coffee that's been steeping, and... Um, we just basically go through with a tasting spoon um, and taste coffees the most for the most simple brewing method possible. Just hot water on grounds. It's and, that simple. And why do you uh, do it that way? Why do you do that for tasting? Um, consistency and lack of um, and lack of uh, things getting in the way of it. Um, no paper, no no metallic anything, um, nothing like that. It's just all really good stuff. So we're, we're continuing the conversation. What is new in coffee? What's changing? What's fresh? A fresh cup is what we're serving up every day. So Tony, why don't you let us know what's fresh and caffeinating you today? Well, we live here in Southern California where um, it is blistering at times. Um, today we have like a nice, awesome, cool day, which is crazy because I think this weekend is supposed to get up to like 102 again. Amen. All right. Praise, praise the Lord. It's only 86. Yeah, right? That's, I'm about to put a sweater on. Anyways, <laughs> um, one of my favorite things I'm drinking right now is uh, the good people over at Augie's over here. They have done their approach to the traditional Satori canned highball from Japan, the canned highball coffee, and, and they are doing this awesome, super citrus forward, effervescent, beautiful drink that is, it's just there, there's some sort of citrus syrup they're doing with soda water and espresso, and it is my summer jam right now. I if you it. If you triple distilled the word effervescent, that's exactly what goes into your cup. It's orange blossom water, simple syrup, uh, and this 
this very citrus forward coffee, which really comes through too. And they, they just they really nailed it. Um, and there's a bunch of fun drinks like that right now. They're refreshing drinks. And I'm I'm loving it. It's um it's fun. I mean, I've been doing. There's been all these drinks we've been drinking, you know, behind the scenes forever. Like I've been drinking espresso tonics for forever, and so it's cool that's finally catching on. I'm like, oh, cool. It's like, let's do refreshing coffee. It's awesome, especially for the summer around here. It's, I'm really loving it. An espresso tonic is uh, a trendy drink. It's basically tonic water, so you've got that carbonation that kind of, if you guys don't know, carbonation kind of aggravates your olfactory glands, and by this, it, it sensitizes your palate a little bit. It, it makes you more sensitive because you have like this slight tickle kind of from the uh, carbonation, and nitro does something similar, but but different. So, uh, Philip, what do you... What are you fueled by? What are you excited about? Uh, I am excited about pretty much everything that has to do with coffee. This highball, though, I wanted to comment on this because I was like, I don't, I don't know about this. And then I tried it, and it was like, whoa, this yeah. is weird, but it tastes so good. Like, I don't expect this. And the coffee actually came through the the simple syrup it came through the orange blossom water it was it's really good they yeah. like executed it so well they nailed it and they have the coolest little glasses to go with it that basically mock the can that it would come in in japan yeah that they're like these uh kind of like a tumbler you might say and, and it yeah it looks really cool it's a signature look people love the nailing, brand and look nailing the aesthetic over here these guys they got it down augie's has style and it's not all floppy beanies from uh, 2014. <laughs> uh, although, what better place to uh, stash a little extra coffee than the floppy tip of your loose, loose beanie at 110 degrees in Southern California. Uh, so as far as me, I'm, I think I'm pretty excited by Swiss water. I haven't even tried the decaf coffee that Swiss water makes yet, but the very concept of opening the market to people who I've, I'm, I'm always out there pushing bow tie on everyone. I'm like uh, Mormon. I'm just out there like, have you heard the good coffee? So, <laughs> so when people respond to me, I'm Mormon. I can't drink that. I, I tears makes my coffee salty with tears. So, the Swiss water, basically, what it is, this is. Uh, alchemy magic concoction that extracts the caffeine from your coffee without making giving it that classic uh, decaf taste. Chemical, yeah, like a chemical, like a made in a lab. Die. Right, right. So we're we're stripping most of the caffeine out, which for me will bring it even more mainstream for those who are like, oh yeah, I'm not doing caffeine right now. I'm like, ha. Doesn't mean you can't drink my coffee. Even though it's cold brew, it's gonna be not destroying your heart with caffeine. So yeah, lots of new things around the corner. Uh, coffee tech, coffee conversation, uh, coffee culture, it's all blooming. Well, unfortunately, uh, the segment that we recorded with Tony for the outro uh, has disappeared into the abyss um, and is gone, and it's it's very sad. It's very depressing. Unfortunately, that happened. Um, I think what we were talking about is that we got these coffees from him. He gave us more coffee because he's just that great. Um, so we have 
uh, a Brazil Black Diamond, which is a blend from Brazil. Um, but he he has extolled it as being ridiculously good, very 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 good. It's a blend. A little skeptical. Love the single origin, but he says, hey. This is really good. Um, and then he gave us another, uh, also a blend, um, called Onyx. It's named after the street that clatches on. Um, so I'm excited. I'm going to try both of them because I love coffee and I want to taste delicious stuff. Um, we want to shout out to Tony. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and um, for being so open and exciting to talk to about coffee. Uh, you can talk to Tony about coffee. If you want to reach him, Tony at clatchroasting.com. That's his email. Hit him up. You have any questions, let him know. Um, He would love to talk to you. Leave us a review for this podcast. Give us a one-star rating on Anchor, and we will see you next time for another conversation.